pride and tradition connecting generations as one herd. Let's turn Ralphie loose and here comes And one generation builds upon another. She's always been there. She wrestled a bear and witnessed 2,000. So you hear, she saw the pitch. You don't even really want to bust into this. Chris Fowler narrating the introduction of Ralphie Six. Yeah, this is a epic moment over here. The most famous alum, according to um, one of the sports blogs out of CU, is Chris Fowler, according to them. So I don't know if it was like had to be like sport. No, it couldn't be sports related because there was a couple other ones that weren't sports related. But I was surprised that. Um, well, I'll tell you on the other side. But um, but you get it. This is just listening to music, right? I'm not even a CU fan. I like this. You're getting amped about this, aren't you? I mean, Trey McBride highlights are fun to listen to. Yes, don't get me were. wrong. And our CSU segment was fun to listen to as well with Kevin Lytle uh, from the Colorado. And now we switch gears. We're moving over to Boulder. We were in Fort Collins. Now we're going to Boulder. It is a fan cave. I'm Tony Comas alongside me, Ryan Romero. It's College Football Edition Friday. You're going to be hearing from the best writers that we have, the best publishers, bloggers, pods, everybody. Content is what it's about, covering your Colorado football teams. And we're going to shift gears. Like I said, we're going to Boulder now. We're bringing in the the best, one of the best, and Adam Munster-Tiger, publisher of buffstampede.com, covering all things CU for 247 CBS Sports. Adam, welcome to the show. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, guys. Yeah, it's good to have some college football talk on on the airwaves here in, in Colorado. You know, I, I I appreciate that because I, I'm from Florida, so big big college football guy, and and I was a little taken aback at, at like the lack of college football, um, kind of talk and on the airwaves, and and there's so much great content out there that you guys put, and guys like Kevin, guys like yourself, and you've been doing it for so long. The people need to hear this, and they need to hear you guys who are there. Not only you're in the trenches, just like the players the trenches, every yeah. single day. So Adam, thank you for taking the time out, and I hope that uh, we can make this. You know, hey. If, if it can be do it weekly, we can do it weekly and give these uh, listeners uh, some CU, CU Boulder insight. Yeah, no, I'm glad to. And, and hopefully uh, at some point in the future, there there is more demand for it. Obviously, uh, what, what's happened in Fort Collins and Boulder in the last uh, 10, 15, 20 years is not uh, had people clamoring for information when, and no offense to Air Force, but you know it appears they're the best college football team on the front range right now i think it would be in everybody's best interest for jay norvell to get that thing rolling up in four columns and for carl durrell it's there's limitations especially with the transfer portal and and nil right now but it was so fun in the early 2000s when you had uh both programs nationally ranked playing down in denver and, and we've just lost that here in recent years yeah, and and you know what? It's I think these these steps are being taken in Colorado State up in Fort Collins. Talk to me about what Coach Durrell's doing at CU in year three um, that can get these Buffs fans fired back up and and get Folsom rocking again. Well, I think you you start with the positives being the fact that Carl Durrell made some really good what appear to be good assistant coaching hires this past offseason. Now the proof is in the pudding. We'll see. Uh, what happens out there this fall and going forward. But their new offense coordinator, Mike Sanford, and new tight ends coach, Clay Patterson, the new O-line coach, Kyle Devan, they brought a lot of energy, a lot of much-needed energy into the program. Uh, those three guys are, are pretty enthusiastic. They've 
kind of jumped recruiting a little bit up to a, a bit of a higher level. Again, with NIL, it's tough. They're not going to be bringing in a lot of blue chip guys, but uh, they, they infused something in this program that was, was needed. Defensively, you know, last year they were good enough for them to be a bowl team. Uh, you know, that, that defense almost led them to a victory over Texas A&M, and there were some other games where they played well for a while, but the offense just not being able to get first downs kept the defense on the field for too long, and so they kind of wilted late in some of those games, and maybe the final score wasn't quite as indicative of how the defense was playing last year. Not, you know, a top-four defense in the Pac-12 last year, but, again, a defense that at least had – should have had Colorado winning more football games than they did. So that's where you start. The, the staff has done a pretty good job of, of recruiting. I've had a couple six-year seniors on this team say that the past two freshman classes have been better than anything that late during McIntyre and Mel Tucker's one year in Boulder in terms of just the overall maturity of those kids and just overall talent as well. Uh, the, the key for Colorado is – Let's say you you exceed expectations a little bit this this season, and that's really not going to be tough. Uh, you know, I've heard some national people say they they could see Colorado going zero and twelve. I don't think Colorado's quite going to be that bad as as bad as some people expect. But they're not going to win seven plus games. You know, they're going to be in that four, five, six win category if they can somehow do that and at least put some more points on the board and make it more palatable for Colorado fans to tune in each week. Then the next key for Carl Durrell to, to build this program and have success going forward is they need to keep the kids in Boulder that you don't want to be a stepping stone. You don't want to be a farm system. We saw that you spent two years developing Christian Gonzalez into a top-level cornerback, and then he transfers to a conference rival and goes to Oregon. And not only is he not in your program, you've got to play him this year. Uh, Brandon yeah. Rice and Makai Blackman going to USC. And so that's the key. Is And we've heard some rumblings with boosters that they're trying to put together a collective. That collective, in my opinion, should not be going to bring in high school kids that have not proven anything. Again, Carl Durrell has actually shown a pretty good eye for bringing in high school talent. That, that collective should be for keeping the next Christian Gonzalez in Boulder, giving him some type of package to, to make it worthwhile for him to stick around. So that, that's the, the kind of the positive end of it. The negative is, if you can't do that, if you can't keep these kids, and you are a farm system, and you're going to continually be a young football team, and it's going to be really, really hard to sustain success. And if they're not able to show just a little bit of improvement this fall, uh, then it's going to be hard to recruit, and, and you're going to have to make a tough decision if you're Rick George and possibly. I think it would have to be really, really bad this season for Carl Durrell to get fired. I think he's going to be back in 2023. But uh, so make some incremental improvements this year, be more palatable on offense, and then somehow find a way to keep these kids on campus. Otherwise, again, you're, you're in quicksand. You're going to have roster turnover in this new college football. So Buffs fans, be patient, in, in other words. But you can't ask them to do that anymore. You know, I know. Everything patient. is a now society, Adam. you got to win now. What have you done for me now? Yeah. And, and you said something interesting there. We're speaking with Adam uh, Munster-Tiger uh, Munster from com. Adam the NIL and the collective, what I feel like uh, CU, I mean, even I'm a UCF grad out of Florida and even UCF has two, two different collectives that are put together and you're seeing them being able to um, go out there and, and get some of these top high school, four-star guys. You're getting five-star guys to transfer over there from an Alabama, from an Auburn. Um, and I know it's a different, uh, it's a different uh, world, the the Southeast when it comes to football, but what, why has it taken so long at CU 
to get this thing going and rolling when you have resources that schools like UCF doesn't not have when you're talking about Pac-12 TV revenues. And, and, and you're talking about one of the most um, affluent uh, alumni bases out there. Yeah, a couple things there. You know, first off is just the lack of success recently. I think there's a lot of people that are fans of CU, but they've just been burned, whether that's just season tickets or whatever. They just haven't had a great product. And so they're kind of thinking, is, well, I want to throw money at this. If, uh, you know, it's not going to make that big of a difference. And so uh, I think it's kind of a chicken egg thing. Yeah, certainly the collective would help winning, but if they win, it'll get more people to want to be able to contribute to a collective. Uh, but probably even bigger than that is the fact that Rick George has been very outspoken against collectives in showing, expressing his frustration over the fact that it's been used in recruiting. And this kind of goes back to the fact that Rick George was on a working committee that put together all kinds of guidelines and guardrails before NIL came into effect. Uh, they saw this coming. You know, the laws were passing in different states, and they had about a year, two years in advance to kind of put these uh, guidelines in effect. And the NCAA looked at them and said, you know what, we're just not going to do anything. And so Rick George was really frustrated. They put together, all, again, all these guidelines that are just, like, like he said, they're just sitting up on a shelf somewhere, uh, not being used. So he was really frustrated. But, uh, and I get it. You don't want to break rules like some of these schools have blatantly been doing. University no of Miami, not to call anybody out, right? <laughs> yeah, there's been no consequences for exactly. that. He kind of has to play the game, but he's not been willing to do that. So, uh, again, it does sound like there's going to be a collective, but – Good. You wouldn't have to break the rules if you're using that to keep kids that have developed in uh, just want to stay in Boulder, but they need that NIL money to make it worthwhile. So that's where I think things are headed with CU, and but that's also kind of explained why they they haven't been at the forefront as far as this goes because the athletic director has not been pushing for that to be the case. On BuffStampede.com, uh, looking at Colorado, looking at CU and where they rank in that 2023 class, looking like looks like they're sitting at about uh, 44 with 17 hard commits. Uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, what Buffs Nation has coming in. Yeah, well, you know, on paper, again, it's, it's you said 44th in the country. That's not going to get anybody freaking out Excited, about it. Yeah, uh, yeah the, the last couple classes were pretty lower rated, too, you know, towards the bottom of the Pac-12. Uh, it's really hard to out-evaluate every other Power Five year in and year out, but this staff has done a good job. Like you look at the guys that are going to be contributing on this defense, and they're going to be green, and they're going to make mistakes because there's no way around that. You know, the saying there's no substitute for experience. They're, they're going to have three guys starting in the secondary that are true sophomores that played limited snaps last year, but they're really talented guys. And so they've actually recruited guys that are pretty talented. The last couple of classes that were ranked lower that, uh, you know, those kids have outperformed kind of their star rating early on. So it's tough to do that every year, but in, in this day and age now with NAL, you're not competing there. So you're going to have to out-evaluate guys, and it seems like they've done that. Uh, this class coming in, it's, there's a handful that they've you know, out-recruited power, other Power 5 schools for, but it's kind of, you know, that, that next tier of guys, the, the mid-three-star guys, um, Ryan Staub, the quarterback commit uh, out of California, uh, has got a quick release. He's pretty athletic, um, so you should be pretty excited about him. But, again, it's that next kind of level of guys that uh, it's not going to make people super excited. But if they're as good as the last two classes, the, the key, again, goes back to once these Keeping kids them. get, get – <laughs> Exactly. That's what it's come down to. So 
uh, it seems like a pretty decent class if you kind of look at Carl Durrell's recent history here the last couple of years. Adam, I appreciate you, man. And and, and it, you 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 say your last statements there um, reminded me so much of conversations I would have when I was covering UCF in Florida, and George O'Leary was the head coach there, and he says, "Listen, you know, we're not going to get the five, the four star guys here at a school like here yet." But what we have to do is be able to get those two and three star guys because that's what the NFL is made up of, two and three star guys. And those are the guys that you can develop and develop. And that's what Darrell is going to be doing at CU. Adam, thank you so much. Tell the listeners real quickly how they can get in touch with you and catch your content. Yeah, just head to buffstampede.com. Obviously, we're rolling out uh, preseason content every day. And before you know it, yeah, we'll be waking up and they'll be kicking off the season against TCU. Well, I asked Kevin Lytle if he would uh, if he would commit to us, like, uh, and maybe we'll we'll talk about some NIL for you. But um, can we do some CU previews uh, with you before that uh, TCU game next week? Of course, sounds good, guys. I appreciate it. Take care. Thank you, Adam Munster Tiger, publisher, BuffStampede.com. All things CU for two four seven and CBS Sports. It's BuffStampede.com. Don't go anywhere. We're finishing strong on this college football edition of the Fan Cave. I'm Tony Comas, alongside me, Ryan Romero. We're going to break it down. We're going to talk some predictions, some picks. Look at the schedules, the big national view of college football. Right now, it is the Fan Cave on MileHighSports.com. Quiero sentir tu cuerpo en mí, estás temblando. Mm, good night, shaking your time, now I know.